I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Before we begin, if you like what you hear on Mile High Report Radio Podcast, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and go ahead and click subscribe wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now it's time to get to work. Well, Adam, at least Steve Atwater was elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame on Saturday afternoon. And it is, without a doubt, the best thing to happen this weekend. And some could argue, in terms of sports and football, for the start of 2020. It's just, I I am still elated, ecstatic, and over the moon for Steve Atwater finally getting his rightful place in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Absolutely, I second that. I know that uh, uh, you you probably had a very similar, uh, not exactly the same, but a very similar moment after the announcement came down and everybody sort of started to find out. It was, uh, I, I will say, it was sort of frustrating to listen to uh, or watch, I should say, the the trickle effect of the the different names that would come out, and uh, every time you would see somebody tweet about the Hall of Fame, there was some nerves there. Uh, some concern about oh, you know, what, what am I going to see? What's this going to be? And then uh, to to have the the final tweet uh, from Mike Kliss uh, ushering Steve Atwater out of the room or however it went, and then you just you knew he was in the Hall of Fame, and 
uh, and a little fist pump, a little cheer, uh, had a little moment, right? To, took a little moment, not not a, a crier, so to speak, but I certainly certainly felt it, uh, and and felt it because we've developed a rapport with uh, Steve and have had him on the show a couple times, and it's been it's been one of those uh, wonderful things when he was on, uh, uh, you know, when he was on Orange and Blue Seven Sixty. Uh, I know you went on their radio uh, show every now and then. I did as well. Uh, it was great. Always great to talk to him there also. And it, it couldn't have happened to a more deserving, better person. And I suppose if there is a trade-off and you have to take uh, the good with the bad, I'll take this good uh, with the bad of of what has happened over the course of the weekend with the uh, Super Bowl. And uh, I'll just say it, with the, the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl, uh, it's not exactly how we wanted the weekend to end. But again, like you said, Steve Atwater is a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. That is forever. And uh, we are proud to say that he has uh, graced our show and and proud to say that we can call him a friend. One of the, the coolest moments was when the Broncos tweeted the video when Steve Atwater got the knock. And it is kind of remarkable how the knock over the last couple of years has just exploded into what it has. And I don't even think David Baker thought it would get to this point. He's the the Hall of Fame president who does the knocks. And there is actually a photo from the, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And you you know that David Baker is a huge man, but that photo, when he's standing in the doorway, makes it look like he's standing in like a dollhouse. He's a huge dude. I mean, he. I mean, he. He was towering above Steve Atwater, which it, doesn't happen because Steve Atwater is a big dude too. Yeah, but that moment was just—it's it, the best thing. I, 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 I've watched it like close to fifty times now, and it is—it's just—it's awesome to see the look on his face, the relief, and then there's a moment where he's standing there with David Baker, and he he does this little like giddy hop where it's, it's like he, the little boy and Steve comes out and he's just, you can just tell. And I, I am not ashamed to admit that I actually teared up a little bit because of what it means to him and what it means to his family. And he, he lost his mom a couple of months ago and he really wanted his mom to be there but it's it's such a powerful moment. It's it's a powerful moment for the Broncos, and congratulations and much respect to to Jeff Legwald, who we have given a lot of uh, grief. We've gone after Jeff a little bit. Uh, I, I'm not sure uh, he's he he did a good job on this. I, I I know I went after him after the Gratishar stuff pretty hard uh, because that was pretty disappointing. This is the uh, this is, I suppose, his makeup, right? This is the he gets he does get credit for this. That's not not for Steve's career, but for uh, sitting in that room and and doing the presentation and making sure that everybody in there knew exactly who Steve was and what he was about. Dating back three years now, since 2017, the Broncos have doubled their people in the Hall of Fame from four. They've added four. So Terrell Davis, Champ Bailey, Pat Bowen, and now Steve Atwater, a large part of that is Jeff Legwald. So he he's done a remarkable job as the Broncos presenter, despite the fact that we have been incredibly hard on him uh, 
over the years, but he, he, he deserves a lot of the credit for this. And it's just, it, it's awesome for Steve. I, I, I tweeted this and said it on Facebook. I, I can't describe how ecstatic I am for him and what it means to him. Cause as you said, as good as he was on the field, he was even better off. And he is one of the most special and best people that I have ever encountered and am able to call a friend. And it's just, it, it's, it's awesome for him that he gets this respect and this, and this adulation, this achievement for what he meant to the Broncos and what he meant to the NFL. Yeah. I think that the biggest takeaway and the thing that Steve said uh, and David Baker said when he sorry, when he got the knock, uh, which is like I like I tweeted more than just a knock. Obviously, was that line worth the wait? Uh, and and for Steve, it was a long wait. It was uh, longer than it should have been. Uh, I I think that it's still sort of fascinating that even with uh, Atwater and Polamalu going in uh, to the Hall of Fame, the safety position is probably still underrepresented. Uh, Leroy Butler is is probably going to get in. At some point, I think he's due as well. I think John Lynch is probably next year um, with sort of a, another four four first ballot Hall of Famers coming up, or at least three and a possible fourth. But worth the wait is is pretty much sums it up for everybody. It was it was frustrating. It was infuriating. It was ludicrous that it took this long, but it was certainly worth the wait for Steve. It was worth the wait for Broncos country. And now, you know, we're on to uh, on, on to, to looking at the future for the Hall of Fame and who else uh, can we get in from De- the Denver Broncos? What other players, what what greats such as Randy Gratishar and uh, Louis Wright and Carl Mecklenburg and Dan Reeves and Mike Shanahan and uh, Tom Nalen. You you name you throw in a couple names out there if I'm missing anybody, but that's. That's that's got to be the focus now for Broncos country when it comes to the Hall of Fame, and uh, unfortunately for some, uh, now that Steve's in, we're going to keep pushing other names. Obviously, the name Peyton Manning, he'll be eligible in 2021, so he'll be uh, a no-brainer first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, I think the next, the other one up next year, eligible first time, is Charles Woodson. He will be a no-brainer lock first timer. Uh, I believe yeah, Calvin Johnson is either mm-hmm. next year or the year after that. He's next year. So there, there's three right there. Yep. So there's three of your five modern era um, pro football Hall of Fame inductees for 2021. So that'll leave two spots left, and I'm pretty sure they'll find a way to make it a Steeler. It's, it's either, what, a Steeler, a Chief, or a Cowboy, right? But not – the cowboy that didn't get in was named Pearson or uh, a Packer or a bear, right? Packer. That's true. They're, those are your teams that, that get automatic bids every year, I suppose. Uh, yeah, no, it's uh there's a fourth name and I'm, it's escaping me. And the fourth one is one that I think is maybe not uh, necessary a first necessarily a first ballot lock hall of famer, but somebody who's going to get in. And if it pops into my brain, I'll mention it, but uh, I'm a little fried. It's late. It's after the Super Bowl that we haven't enjoyed. Uh, and we're just trying to bask in the glow of, of Steve Atwater making it into the Hall of Fame and use the glow of that to sort of wash off the stink of the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. You know what was not worth the wait? 
Tell me. The Chiefs winning the Super Bowl? Yeah, it wasn't worth it. Didn't feel good at all. No, it was it was disgusting. It was gross. It I I I am actually sick and wanting to gag. Uh you're more uh upset. Yeah, I think as was your son. Grief. You're I'm I'm anger, you're um the eighth stage, which is a little known middle stage of just vomiting. Yeah, that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> I and I will continue to vomit. Until I have, it, it's like the reverse Montezuma's revenge. This is like Andy Reid revenge, where he's making me throw up through my mouth incessantly. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it, uh, and you know what? This is equally disgusting. Uh, Patrick Mahomes won the MVP. Well, that too. I was going to say the way Kyle Shanahan managed and coached. The Super Bowl. Yeah. As I as I joked with you, just because you're coaching against Andy Reid doesn't mean that you have to manage the game like him. For the life of me, I do not understand why Kyle Shanahan did not call a timeout after that third and fourteen stop at the end of the first court at the end of the first half with a minute and forty five seconds left. Why do you keep your timeouts? If you're not going to use them for that situation, why do you defer the kickoff to the second half? If in that situation, you have the ability to double up where you score before halftime and then score again after for the life of me, I do not understand that situation. I think the moment was too big for Kyle Shanahan. I think he was out coached and out game planned by Andy Reid. And that's something else that makes me sick. I, I, I'm I, totally for there saying congratulations to Andy Reid on finally winning your Super Bowl. I still think he's overrated, but he he, he came through. He And the Chiefs. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny because <laughs> I could <laughs> – I could hear you getting from from vomit to anger there, sort of like uh, mixing in between those two. So I think you're you're starting to join, uh, you're starting to join me and and my son in the anger zone. Which I I will go ahead and tell the story on my son. He he, uh, we were at a, a Super Bowl. I don't want to call it a party. We kind of get together with this uh, this couple that we hang out with, and they've got two little girls, and um, my kids play with their kids, and we watch the game, and and my son has become an avid Broncos fan because I have, I have done a good job with him. Uh, and he knows that that's who you're supposed to root for. In fact, he dressed me today. He made sure I wore my John Elway Jersey. He said, it's, it's the Super Bowl. You got to wear your Jersey. I said, okay. Uh, and then we watched the game. And then as we were leaving the the house of the people who we were at, he, um, was getting into the car. And, and unfortunately I have not done as good a job with my daughter in regards to who she roots for because her friend is a Chiefs fan, and so she was rooting for the Chiefs. Not, uh, you know, I think with little girls, sometimes maybe if they're not big into the game, they don't understand the sort of how worked up little boys can get. And so she was sitting in the car and unfortunately saying, go Chiefs, go Chiefs. And unbeknownst to anybody else, she was doing this as we were getting ready to go. Ten-year-old girl just excited for her friend. And my son gets in the car and immediately tells her to shut up. Which then my wife and I, whoa, whoa, you can't, you can't do that. As of course I'm thinking to myself, but also yeah, you should. Um, <laughs> but I can't say it right. 
And so he was very upset. We got home. He was angry. And, you know, my wife said, why is he so upset? And I said, you know, he's he's learning to be a fan. You know, this is the first time for him that he's experienced this kind of disappointment uh, that he really is understood. You know, he wasn't really, um, he, he was cognizant in 2015 as, as, and, and 16 when the Broncos won that Super Bowl. But this is the first year, I think, that he's really understood the impact of rivalry, the impact of, of that, that, that idea of we don't like this team because they're our biggest rival or they're a division rival and we don't root for division rivals and we're going to be upset when they, when they win or if they win. And so he's, he's sort of coming to grips with that and his anger gets directed at his sister who quite honestly doesn't really care one way or the other. So it doesn't really matter what she thinks, but to her little brother, it certainly did. And it culminated in some pretty, some pretty mean looks in the car and some anger when we got home. And man, he was not happy when he went to bed. So I'm vomiting violently. There you go. Violent vomit. Yes. And I, I think that story is hilarious. I think your, your, your son's reaction is probably most of Broncos country. I think so. I think so. He just wants everybody else to shut up. <laughs> Everybody shut up. Here's a stat that uh, ESPN stats tweeted out. And I I think it's just, it's remarkable. There have been three teams in Super Bowl history to lose a 10-point fourth quarter lead. Kyle Shanahan called the offensive plays for two of them. After the 10-minute mark in the fourth quarter, Shanahan's teams were outscored a combined 46 to nothing. Mm. In terms of stats, that's that's not stat. good. Yeah, that's a stat right there. That's a that stat says a lot. A lot of not good stuff about Kyle Shanahan for sure. And what's interesting about it is in terms of the Super Bowl, there was that moment where the 49ers actually had a chance to put the game away. After that second Mahomes interception, if the 49ers are able to do what they had been doing throughout the third quarter, and that's run the football and have Jimmy G make plays off of play action. They could have put the game away, even a field goal in that situation. You would have been up 23 to 10. So that's basically a a two-touchdown game. It it obviously didn't matter because the Chiefs went on to score three unanswered touchdowns. But it would have made it more difficult, and you would have had your defense in a position where they can pin their ear back, their ears back, and get after Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And then was, they, yeah. and then they go three and out. Yeah, and the game is completely changed. Yeah, and, and you know it's funny because when you're sitting there and watching Kansas City, and I, I will say this for them, there's there's no such thing as a, a safe lead uh, during a game, and and it was one of those things as I was watching, I thought to myself, you know, a ten point lead is fine, but they can put 21 or, or, or 28 points up on the board in no time, uh, which uh, was apparent when they beat uh, the Texans and how quickly they scored to make up for that sort of deficit that they were in. Uh, and then what they did with uh, what they did tonight or in the Super Bowl is, again, also pretty evident of the fact that an offense that is that high-powered uh, is capable of doing exactly what they did, which is throwing up three touchdowns quick and unanswered and, and their defense played well. Uh, you know, it's, it, again, it's, it's one of those things where as a Bronco fan, as a, you know, as, as a fan of a, a team that is a rival of the chiefs, this is one of those moments where you go, 
uh-oh, because the, the anger comes really from the recognition that this is something that Broncos country is going to have to contend with for the next, even if it's just nine years. Let's just say it's nine years. That's a long time. Or 12 years or 15 years, depending on uh, the health of Patrick Mahomes and what happens with that franchise. The only saving grace, like you said before we started recording, is salary cap issues will start to play uh, play into this and limit what they can do. But you have to you have to cringe a little bit, uh, seeing that Patrick Mahomes has proven, even though I don't think he was the MVP of this game and he was essentially handed the award, but he has proven that he can get it get his team to the to the big game and then perform well enough to get a win. Obviously, uh, apparently playing Kyle Shanahan in the Super Bowl helps because he has tendency to lose those. But uh, it, it is, it's a little bit, it's nerve wracking as, as a fan of the Broncos. And I, and I know that we seem to be on the upswing uh, as, you know, as we, as we look at that franchise, you know, as fans were excited about where this team is and where they're headed. And also probably a little bit nervous about what they have to deal with over the next 10 to 10 to 15 years. It may be my orange and blue goggles, and it may be that I have spiked the orange Kool-Aid. But as I told you before we started recording, I think what should give Broncos country confidence and what should give the organization confidence is who they have as the head coach. I think they have the best defensive mind in football. It's at least on par with Bill Belichick. I, I don't think one or the two has an advantage over the other. I think they're equal. But what should give Broncos country and the Broncos organization confidence that they can at least compete with the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes is Vic Fangio and the plans that he's going to be able to put forth with his defense. And as long as you have Von Miller and as long as you have Bradley Chubb, hopefully healthy for the remainder of his career, and then you start adding in pieces to this defense and you give them a year to know Vic Fangio, to know Ed Donatel. And if the offense can start scoring points, I will take that recipe every day of the week. Because as I told you before we started recording, Sean McVay and the Los Angeles Rams have not been the same since they faced the Chicago Bears in the 2018 regular season. Vic Fangio wrecked Sean McVay and the Los Angeles Rams. If he's able to do it against the stable, young, wonder kind, the second coming of Bill Walsh, he should be able to do it against the Kool-Aid man and a guy who puts ketchup on his steak. <laughs> the ketchup on his steak is, is so just why I don't get it. But, hey, you know. That's what kids do, I guess. They they put ketchup on everything so they can eat it. Yeah, no. Uh, you know, and, and we talked about this on the last show. We talked about um we 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 talked about uh how Pat Shermer and Mike Shula coming in was was a move that looked like Vic Fangio was putting his stamp on the team and how we saw that as a, as a move in the right direction or at least a a, a progressive move and that that I like, and I, I see I can see this team starting to score points. I can see this team becoming uh, a defensive juggernaut, which they kind of already are. Uh, and it, if if that's the case, and if they can 
make some moves in free agency, which we will definitely be getting into as the, uh, you know, as the off season wears on and make a, make a splash in the draft and get some good players that can contribute uh, right away. Then this is a team that has the opportunity to compete for the AFC West. The, the point that I think I'm making, and it's not to be a, a Debbie Downer here, but it's it's just a, a factual point, is that even with all of the arrows pointing in the right direction and the Broncos being on the cusp of becoming a playoff contender for years to come, because I do think that's where they're at. They're right on the edge of that. I think you're, you, you sort of, as a, as a pragmatist or as someone who's going to look at this from a realistic perspective, you sort of not, it's not deflating so much as it is. It's a realization that nothing from this point forward will be easy. Nothing from this point forward will be, uh, will be a walk in the park. Everything will be earned. The AFC West will be a battlefield, uh, especially between, I think the Broncos and the, and the chiefs from, from here on out for the next, for at least five or six seasons based on contracts and things like that. And if Drew Locke can pan out and that's the hope, is that he does pan out and he becomes a solid starting quarterback in the NFL, you've got the recipe there. But looking at what happened in the Super Bowl and looking at how the Chiefs are uh, constructed, that's the team you have to get past. That's the team you have to design yourself to beat. I think they're doing it. I, I hope that they have I hope they have the recipe. I think they do with the coaching staff. Now it's about mixing the players up and making them making it work. But at the same time, this is going to be a battle. This is going to be a decade and a half of frustration at times, uh, back and forth. And I mean, quite honestly, this could be really fun to watch, even though it wasn't fun to watch in Super Bowl LIV. There is a team and a quarterback in Baltimore who might have something to say about what Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are able to do. I do I, I do wonder if the Ravens hadn't come out and completely shat all over themselves against the Titans and let Derrick Henry morph into like Terrell Davis and every other great playoff running back. It would have been it would have been fun to see what happened between the Chiefs and the Ravens. It would have been interesting to see how that unfolded. And I, it would have been interesting from the standpoint that I don't think the Chiefs are a good matchup for the Ravens. It, it, it seems like there's always been that interesting mismatch that despite the fact that the Ravens have a great defense, they've, they've never really matched up well against the Chiefs. But the same thing could have been said about the Andy Reid against the Titans. So it would have been interesting to see what would have changed had the Chiefs had to go on the road to Baltimore and face Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. But I do think they're going to have a lot to say about what happens over the next 10 to 15 years as well. The other thing that ties into all of this is it's going to serve as more motivation for Drew Locke to have to go against Patrick Mahomes because as a competitor, as an athlete, you want to be the best. You want to outduo the guy on the other sideline. So that is going to serve as even added motivation and determination for Drew Locke and the Broncos 
and it's it should be a lot of fun. I I, I don't think people should be in the dumps about what's going to happen. Be be in a mood where it's going to be a lot of fun, and to be the best, you have to beat the best. To take a, an old line from Ric Flair, woo. It, it will be a lot. I think it'll be a lot of fun, and let let's see what John Elway and this front office do with this salary cap space. And to, a little bit of news is Benjamin Albright said, "Keep a name, keep an eye on Byron Jones from the Dallas Cowboys as a cornerback the Broncos could potentially target." Yes, please. That would be fantastic. That would be fantastic. So, all that being said, I, I think that your point is well taken. Uh, Rest easy, right? And smile, because the smiling assassin is smiling tonight because he's in the Hall of Fame, and that should really be what our focus is. That's what my focus is, and we're proud of him. We're happy for him and for the rest of Broncos country, and that's really all that matters. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.